In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Let's go back in time for a moment. Let's go back to the year 832 to a land that would later be known as Scotland. At that time, it was ruled by a loose confederation of clans or tribes. And there was one tribe in particular called the Picts. And the Picts were engaged in battle with the Anglo-Saxons. And at one point, there was a period of neutrality between the two. And the Picts retreated. And they were outside of Edinburgh. And they thought, this is a perfect time for us to rest, to regroup, and refortify. And so that's what they did. They set up their camps, they built their fires, they roasted their meats, and they waited for their army to build back again so they could fight the Anglo-Saxons. But something happened. Some scouts hurriedly came to the camp. And King Angus, King Angus of the clan, he came to him and said, Angus, the Anglo-Saxons, they're surrounding us. They're going to attack tomorrow, and we're going to be wiped out. We are not prepared. So Angus, he's frustrated. He flings his stick into the fire. He doesn't know what to do, but he's a recent convert to Christianity. So the only thing he knows what to do is to kneel and prostrate himself in prayer, and he engages in very deep, deep prayer. And in the midst of that prayer, he hears a voice. He hears a voice of what he perceives to be St. Andrew, one of the disciples of Christ. And Andrew says in this vision, you will receive victory only through Christ. And then when he awakens, he looks up and he sees the bluest sky he's ever seen before. And then these white clouds form in the shape of a slanted cross, which was how Andrew was crucified, a cross that looks like an X. So they were motivated. And of course, the Picts and the Scots get together and they overwhelm the Anglo-Saxons, live to fight another day. And this was the beginning of what ultimately became modern-day Scotland. And so the flag that you see today, the flag of St. Andrews, it has a blue background with a white cross slanted. That is in honor of the legend of Angus and his prayer to St. Andrew. And as Billy mentioned, Scotland remains important to the Episcopal Church. And of course, after the American Revolution, we wanted to have bishops but they weren't ordained. And so a delegation of potential bishops traveled to England asking to be ordained, but of course we had just whipped them in the war. And the English replied, you would like to be ordained? Ah, yes, run along now. So what do they do? They go to Scotland because Scotland had bishops that had been ordained in the Anglican tradition and that apostolic line would remain intact. And so they asked the Scottish, will you ordain us? 
Oh yeah, of course we'll ordain you. It's the Christian thing to do. And not only that, we love sticking it to the English. I do love my accents. And hence, that is why when you look at the Episcopal shield today, you see the flag of St. Andrew in the upper left-hand side. But the cross represents nine tiny little crosses that represent the original nine dioceses. So that is why we celebrate Scotland as part of our heritage. Now, this is all a nice story, isn't it? But what can we learn from this, and how does this connect to Mark's gospel? I'd like to think that on that fateful day, when the clans were surrounded by the Anglo-Saxons and Angus praised to God, they were pretty certain that the end was near, that their world was about to end. Everything was going to be obliterated, their culture, their way of life, everything. But it was through deep prayer that his perspective changed. He saw the world in a different way. I do not want to suggest that if you pray to God, your enemies will be vanquished. That's bad theology. But what I will say is that sometimes through deep prayer, your perspective can change. Maybe you can see that not everything is as hopeless as it appears. And I would like to believe that, that maybe Angus thought that when he engaged in that deep prayer. Maybe we do have a chance. Maybe we can survive. It's not too dissimilar from Mark's gospel. Let me give you some quick context. Mark's gospel was written between 65 AD and 70 AD. And there was a lot going on in the Jewish community at that point. There was a rebellion going on against Rome, and Rome did not take kindly to people who rebelled against them. Rome would come down and vanquish them. So when we read this gospel, this is about a community that is on the verge of extinction. The end of the world is certainly near for the community during the time this gospel was written. But it didn't happen. And the message that we get from this gospel, stay awake and don't try to predict the end because you don't know. And what happened? Yes, when the rebellion occurred, the Jewish community there was decimated. Even the Christian community was decimated. And it seemed like the world had ended. But it didn't. Not only did they survive, but they thrived. The same with Christians. It wasn't the end. Now there's a lot of anxiety going on in the world right now. I hear it every single day. Ukraine, the Middle East, even parts of Asia. Will COVID come back? AI, we don't know. But we're so quick to say, oh, the end is near. The end is near. This is it. People have been predicting the end since the beginning of time. And that is a failed, failed practice. And God tells us directly in Mark's gospel, don't do it. Instead, wait. Stay awake. What I love about Jesus' message 
is that in the midst of darkness, there is a light. And that's true in our own lives, right? There are times when most people feel like the end is near within their own lives. We fall into periods of despair. And that happens not just for those who are old, but it also happens for those who are young and adolescents. We can go to those dark places, can't we? Especially when there are tragedies in our life or there's anxiety. And that's when we need prayer the most. That is when we need to truly dig deep into prayer because when we have prayer, our perspective can change. We can see the light better in the midst of our own darkness and in the darkness of the world. Let's be very clear. There is no such thing as the end. That is suggesting that the forces of darkness prevail, and that's untrue. Christ came into the world to say, darkness and evil doesn't win. The victory and the battle is won, but it is up for us to see that light, to recognize it, and to understand it, and to gravitate towards that light. This is why Advent is such a gift. It can be a hard time. The cold, the darkness can reflect sometimes the darkness in our own lives. That's when you got to dig deep. That's when you got to pray and recognize the light does exist. And so instead of being slumbering in despair, awaken to hope. See the light, the light that is in front of us, because that light promises that all will be well in the end, that the battle is won, and it's not the ending. It is the beginning as we move forward in God's light, enveloped, renewed, and made whole by his grace, promised to us all through Christ. Amen.